follow along all season with us. Also want you to head to thelines.com and use everything we have up on the site right now, including that prop finder tool that we tell you about each and every day to make sure that you get the best odds available to you from all these books that you're making bets with this season. Nate, let's go ahead and get into your first pick for tonight in this eight game slate. Yeah, the Suns right now are hot and they get Indiana, which is on a back to back, uh, although they did win last night. But I'll take the Suns money line and the under here as the preferred bet plus 178. I mean, that's good juice. If you want to just put some uh, money on the Suns uh, minus four and a half, don't hate that either. I mean, Pacers on this back to back with no Halliburton. The key number here is they're they're one in seven straight up on back to backs. They score one fourteen versus one twenty six on normal rest, and that's we're talking about five straight unders, five straight losses. So definitely trending in that direction. I, I mean, the Suns at surface level seven game win streak. Obviously, the offense has been amazing. They finally have the the big three rolling together, and the shooting splits are are out of this world. It's either Book or KD going off almost every night. Not going to try to predict which one, but I think their defense is kind of overlooked in this in that they were, I mean, they've always, they've, they've been a pretty good defensive team all year, right? Under Vogel, but you know, the vibes are better. And now the, the crunch time defense is much better uh, because they're, they're just winning games and they actually have a plus 60 net rating in the clutch in this seven game streak four and oh, with a 156 offensive rating and the Pacers playing without Halliburton in the clutch are one and three with a 96 offensive rating in the clutch. So if we're talking about a low-scoring, closer game, because that's the way the Pacers have been trending on short rest, uh, definitely want to favor the Suns. I mean, they they have two absolutely elite mid-range scorers, and uh, Pacers are are you know depending on Siakam to to replicate what he did last night against the the Sixers. Um, you know, the the Suns beat the Pacers in this stretch, despite shooting really poorly from three, despite getting hot shooting on the other end from the Pacers, and, and giving up a really high assist to turnover ratio, but they got 91 points from their big three. And, you know, that's probably the trend we can continue to see from this team is just like, we, we are better than you in the mid range. It doesn't matter if you limit paint points, if you limit three point attempts, like we just have two of the best mid range scorers in the game. Um, and then on the other end, like we're, they're pretty bought in defensively to what Vogel's doing uh, with Nurk holding down that back line. I, I don't see the Pacers replicating their success here from last night um a bit of a letdown spot after winning in conference and i think the suns extend this winning streak yeah that's the angle that i'm looking at too because i think uh last night was a bit of a a a missed insight if you will into the idea that the pacers were in in a spot that they were going to care about more than the sixers were with maybe a look ahead opportunity for the sixers with the nuggets coming up for them next again and then you've got um, the six, the the Pacers coming up now, I guess, a Western Conference foe after a pretty big win in conference, like you said, massive win, really, in conference. And like Pascal looking like the dude that they wanted when they traded for him. I, I, I think it's a good letdown spot for them. I mean, it is somewhat of a, I don't know if you want to say letdown spot, but like a why would the Suns care quite as much out of conference kind of game. But uh, in this one, like I think that like everything you said will just prevail, like everything, their, their pure raw talent at that point when two teams are in that kind of spot, we'll just kind of we'll prevail uh, with, with the, the rest as well. So uh, I'm looking at the game that I need to know if Kyrie's going to play in, which is the Mavs. Uh, it's the first game on the slate here. They're playing at Atlanta. I also would love to know if Trey's playing. He's listed as questionable. I, I don't know. He's still, you know, technically in, in concussion protocol. So it seems like he would have to do more to prove that he's able to play than not. Right? And leans a little bit more towards doubtful than questionable the way that it seems. But 
even without Trey, like I, I like Dallas to score a lot. I do think Atlanta will score also. I guess, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm going over. Uh, this got bet up and I'm pretty annoyed by it because it was at 239 and a half. It's at 244 and a half and it might get up even further, to be honest with you, 245, 246. And it's just these two teams don't play defense very much, man. And they don't play defense down low. Um, the Hawks certainly don't play defense at, uh, behind the three-point line, which is going to be a massive issue for them when you've got Dallas shooting the highest percent of its shots from there. We, it's been de- This is Dallas' offense for forever now. Um, with Luka, it's, it's just him finding shooters, and, and that's what he's going to be able to do and continue to pick them apart the last couple times that they played. It was the same scenario. Um, and, and we did have Kyrie for, for one of those games last year, which, like I said, I would love to have Kyrie in this game to feel really good about it. Uh, I kind of feel like Ari's playing if everyone's betting this up so much. Like, I mean, yeah, it, it's a Hawks and Mavs game, but without Trey Young, you'd think it would still be tempered a little bit more. Obviously, we just saw a number of teams score a bunch against the Hawks. And to be honest, the other thing was the Hawks have shot like absolute dog crap <laughs> since Trey went down. They are missing uncontested field goals uh, in the last game against the Dubs that they lost. Uh, they, they had 54 uncontested field goals, and they made 21 of them. Uncontested field goal in this case is anybody that's not the closest defender is at least four feet away, right? And that's open, man. In the NBA, that's wide the hell open. Hell, that's open in college. Uh, and they're still missing those shots. Bo- uh, Bo- uh, Bogey, for some reason, has been just awful without Trey in the last couple of games, too. I do think it's more of a, a get-right spot for them, though. They do score a little bit more at home. They shoot a little bit better at home. They're coming off of that road trip back into Atlanta with with another game uh, day of rest under their belt. And I do think all the role players who score a few more points home, like like Sadiq Bey and, uh, and those types of players on this team, even Okongwu, will, will be a, bu- a, bu- a bunch better at home than they were on the road, at least on offense. They're always going to be bad at defense. Both of these teams allowing uh, in the bottom five in terms of field goal percentage. Once you get inside of five feet and in the paint, like everything's available to you. Clint Capella has not been it uh, on defense anymore. I, I don't know if they're, you know, it's Quinn Snyder not necessarily playing the, the drop defense that he likes a lot more um, because you'd think he would still kind of run that. But we see Capella is just sort of floundering a bit up around the, the free throw line too often, and teams sort of know how to just kind of get him backwards and spinning. Uh, and that's kind of been the case so far this year, and that's why the Mavs have zero the, – the Hawks have zero protection down low like they've had in the past at times where at least they were, like, competitive down low because they had a couple guys, including Capella, anchoring things. And not, not so anymore, and, and without the ability to stop the three-point line, like maybe the Mavs have – uh, even if they have a, a sort of regressing a regression of their shooting, which has been pretty good with Luca back, uh, I, I still think they're just going to be wide the hell open and still have the lane to them. Yeah, Hawks defense no good, especially at home. Um, I mean, I'm interested in Luca props. I was I was looking at. It. I mean, they're so damn high, but the narrative that you know he was called out for getting that fan tossed and, and griping, and then got into it with the media. I think he comes back with a big game and. I think you fire away if you don't think Kyrie's going to play or if he's ruled out. Um, take Luca 43.5 points assists. He's averaging 37.5 points, 11 assists his last 12 without Kyrie. And the only one really having a disappointing line was against the Clippers, who you know finally shut him down and have been just playing lights out. So uh, I think he definitely gets his props against Atlanta, which he hasn't really torched yet, but there is always that narrative too that it's him versus Trey. If Trey goes, you know, a lot of, a lot of ifs here when, when you watch the yeah. injury report. And the last thing I would say is to, to your point, like I agree, like right now I'm happy with the over. And if, if Kyrie sits, then yeah, preferred bet there is to go ahead and hit some Luca props. Yep. All right. So we got the bucks hosting the Cavs again, and we, we'd expected a new coach bump when they held the face them on Wednesday. Did not quite get, keep the game under, but the bucks were in control wire to wire. And Giannis looked rejuvenated, whether, you know, it was his motivation, whether it was better X's and O's, 
Yes, probably. Uh, but you know, let's let's ride that train and say Giannis to be the top scorer in this game, which is somehow plus money, plus one hundred five. I mean, Donnie Mitchell is stiff competition um, for that regard. In that regard, but <clears throat> I, I still think he outscores him again. And you can get about the same odds for taking Giannis to just score thirty and the Bucks to win. I don't think they're going to lose this game either. I think the Cavs without Evan Mobley are in dire straits trying to deal with Giannis. Uh, I mean, they, they've obviously had trouble even with Mobley in there dealing with him. He's averaging 38 a game with a 134 offensive rating, his last four against Cleveland. You see the Cavs. I mean, it's now like 20 games without Mobley. They've had a lot of fortunate matchups where they're just playing like toothless offenses. Uh, but when, when they play like really athletic teams, it spikes. And we saw last time out. 122 defensive rating, gave up 20 fast break points, 54 paint points. So those are where Giannis makes his money. Of course, he had the 35-point triple-double, 16 for 24 from the field, got whatever he wanted, and we saw a lot more pick-and-roll with him and Dame, which just opens the floor up, right? At one point, there was a uh, pick-and-roll, an ATO, I believe, or or just something called out by an interim coach, and... um, and Malik Beasley set the screen and he just points at the coach like, yeah, you got it. Like these guys are just fired up to play for someone else clearly. <laughs> and the effort is up and, and Giannis is the, is the effort guy. So, I mean, that'll help them probably do a good job on Donnie again, even though they don't have that defensive stopper anymore. I, I mean, they, with, with nobody else to really worry about too much as far as getting their own shot, like they just stick on Donovan Mitchell uh, try to hold him down. I mean, he's been much less productive on the road, 24 and a half on the road versus 30 at home with a 108 offensive rating at home since the start of December. And he's only got to 26 uh, in three of his last 13 road games. So Giannis, I mean, is pretty much a lock for 30. Um, and, and I don't know if Donnie's going to get there. So I'll take Giannis to outscore him. Yeah, and and no word of uh, Doc Glenn River or Glenn Doc Rivers yet, right? I don't think he's there. Uh, yeah, it's still uh, Joe Prunty, right? Is the interim coach? Yeah, um, I I mean, yeah, man. I don't. If you want to read into body language, how happy did the Bucks look pregame against the Cavs last time? I don't know if you saw the highlights. They were all like in a circle, like jumping around and looking like you know kindergartners just having a blast, you know, doing like before the game even started. It was like, I don't know, that just clear message that they were like in a new spot, in a new place. And uh, and I, yeah, I would back them in this one. And I will. I'll keep it simple. I, I want to say the bet I'm going to put out is a, a Bucks Suns Moneyline Parlay. I'm only going to put a half a unit on it, too. It is plus 124, um, which is fine. You know, I, I, I like the Bucks a lot. I like the Suns a lot, too. Like this this one is not the same sort of like look ahead spot like that the 76ers had last night uh, against the, the Pacers. And now you get the Pacers on the back to back. So I, I like all that. I will say, like for for the Bucks, uh, everything you said there is is just spot on for for me too. Like as far as stopping Donovan Mitchell, that's really it at this point. You know, his three point shooting has been insane, and if he's not hitting, then you're in a good spot. And I think they clearly knew that last time. He did not have open shots from deep, um, and it really wasn't like the Dame Lillard and Donovan Mitchell one on one show of any kind. It was definitely like Giannis is like, bro, I'm this is my my matchup. Don't worry about it. Especially like you said, without Evan Mobley now. This team, Jared Allen's been incredible, but he's dealing with Brolo. Like, yes, we know Brolo likes to go out into the to the three-point line, but you also know, if you follow the show enough, that, like, I love finding the moment to hit Brolo against a big center that you know they just want him in there. And when Brolo just is in there, his whole job is just, just you and Jared Allen go at it. Just be monsters down low and battle it out uh, Godzilla style. And then Giannis has a whole paint open to him. And, and like you said, Mobley is helpful. 
not a stopper, but helpful and not being in there. This is one of those matchups that it actually does make a big deal, despite the fact that they've been better without him this season with just Jared Allen in there overall, uh, including their defense and even their paint defense. It's just a different story with, with the Bucks, whether it's either gonna, there's going to be three, two of the three between uh, Bobby Portis, Giannis and Brolo on the courts too much for him to handle at that point without a true backup. Tristan Thompson would have been very helpful in this game if he wasn't on a suspension for 25 games for whatever enhancing uh, substances he took, right? Which is like, come on, man, this dude turned back the clock and nobody thought he was taking anything. Like Tristan Thompson was out here getting like six offensive boards a game at like 37 years old. And you were like, oh, that's all natural. So whatever. Anyway, that would have been a big help for them, but he's not there. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely loving the Bucks. I have a quick lean to, to, to close out the video, which is like, I really wanted to take Memphis to cover at home versus the, the Magic. It's plus six. Um, I know the Magic have guys back, but down low, Memphis has gotten it together against opposing centers and power forwards and everything that the uh, the Magic might want to do. But the Magic are 3-0 and against the spread when they are the favorites on the road this season. They're covered by a bit more than five points, and Memphis is not covering at home as a, a home dog. Like This has just been a sort of situation for both these teams that I just was like, all right, well, you know what? My lean might not be totally spot on here. I'm just going to stay away from it and then hit this. This easy, fishier money line parlay. Oh, no, it's not fishy. Don't worry about it. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, I think the, there's no way the Bucks lose. I, I think that that that's a lock you can put in in here. It's sort of like a playoff test, right? You get this home and home two days apart, and it's exactly the format the playoffs would be in. It's against a team they expect to maybe see, um, and, and they're just like immediately this rejuvenation from the new coach bump. Uh, they were they were never in danger of losing that game. Like they were just yeah. in danger of maybe not covering against the Cavs with the back door there. But like they completely controlled it. They completely redeemed themselves after giving up losing by forty without Giannis. And of course with Giannis back in there and playing like his hair is on fire, which he has all season. But with the defense being like with with there being cohesion on both ends of the floor uh, because of the new coach, um, you know I, I think the Bucks are lock. If you if you are worried about the Suns. I mean, maybe you get the Clippers in there, like Toronto missing IQ and Jakob Pertl. Like, that's a fine money line partner, I think. Yeah. Uh, Clippers ain't losing much right now. Uh, sure. But, yeah, plenty of ways to play it in our eight-game slate, and we will attack that that Memphis game in player props. Hell, yeah. Nate, let's go ahead and get into your first NBA play a prop here, Mr. Beard, James Harden. Yeah, James Harden playing the best basketball of his career. I, I won't yeah. say he's putting up the biggest numbers, but he is playing the best. And yeah, uh, yeah time to target him with 27 and a half points and assists if you want a combined uh, bet there. I think you'd also put a half unit on the double-double, which is plus 115 at Caesars. Like most books are offering juiced up eight and a half assists or even money on nine and a half assists. And I, I mean, he's not scoring... I mean, he could, but I, I like. I think he easily scores ten points along with those ten assists. He's averaging ten assists per game in thirteen games since Christmas. He's a plus one fifty six, also giving you seventeen and a half points in that span to you know generate this prop. But the last two, he's been particularly hot, looking in rhythm. Twenty three and a half points along with the ten assists. And you know, usually we look at potential assists, Josh, as being like, look at all these assists left on the table. But there's another way to consider it, right? 10 assists in his last two, only 11 and a half potential assists. That to me says the Clippers are so efficient offensively that when he's making a good pass, they are just knocking it down. Like he's kicking it out to a wide open Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. Uh, I mean, he does average 15 potential assists in those 13 in the larger sample size and has the second most uh, points created off assists behind Tyrese Halliburton in that span. So 
Let's look at the Raptors, though. Ain't the same D you're used to. Not at all. Uh, I mean, no, new coach Darko, first of all. It's not Nick Nurse. The personnel's now different after all these trades, and Pirtle's still out. And now Emmanuel quickly out, who would probably be the primary defender on Harden most of the night. <clears throat> Last eight, no Pirtle. They have the second-worst defensive rating in the league, allow the, the uh, second-most... <clears throat> Second highest field goal percentage, third most paint points, uh, sixth most assists. They allowed the second most assists per game in December and second worst three-point percentage in December. So that was even with Pirtle in there. And they were still a very bad defense. Um, you know, they allow very few free-throw attempts, which to me says more assists, less people getting hacked. And Harden, yeah, I mean, his points, you, you love to see the three-point percentage that they've allowed like 40%. Because he's getting most of his points off these step-back threes. Like, that's where the points live or die. If he's if he's two for nine, you know, maybe he doesn't get there on the points. Uh, but if he if he starts to get hot, which he has been recently, shooting 50% from deep, like, yeah, he, he's probably clearing 20 points and, and nearing uh, 10 assists. Totally, yeah. I mean, you're good at finding the times to take James Harden. I definitely agree. Uh, and, and I'm, yeah. What they're doing out in LA, like we're all waiting for the shoe to drop on the Clippers, and the only shoe to drop would be like someone just disappears, and that doesn't seem to be the case, right? Like I don't wild wild times to uh, to bet on the Clippers, but James Harden is the engine that goes, and you are not wrong. Like the be- best is is subjective when you say he's playing the best of his right. It's it's subjective in that sense, but if you want to like put some criteria on it, most fun to watch James Harden, not even a question. Would much rather watch this than what he was doing in Houston. Uh, and if you want to talk about like most effective team basketball player, nah, that's not even a question that this is the best he's ever played. Sand like playing 22 minutes a game in, in the, in OKC that, that level of James Harden, right. When he was a little bit more facilitator, but yeah, I'm, I'm with him, man. Like good, good stuff for, for, um, for, for Harden right now. But let me uh, go to a same game parlay because I do think that there's some pretty good value here in this bucks and Cavs game. I like Brooke Lopez. Um, he gets four plus rebounds, no matter what against these Cavs team. He sometimes gets 10 and then sometimes gets four. So that's like his range. And and the thing is he, he has very consistent minutes. So I, I'm putting him in the same game parlay, but I'm putting him at four plus boards because that's what he always does. I'm taking Giannis to get 30 plus because you could take him at 35 and it would be a good bet against this Cavs team where he averages 38 a game over his last like five against them. Uh, and then I'm also going to throw in Donnie Mitchell, 25 points. I don't think you keep him under 25, two in a row like that. Although the, the he was at 23 as well. So one more made basket and we're there and he's consistently going over 25 without DG, the PG uh, Darius Garland this year. So all three of those guys together on uh FanDuel is plus 138. Um, and it's a little bit worse on DraftKings. And I didn't look it up on a couple of the other big boy books, but it, definitely shop it and make sure you get the best juice. I like that those three together. Um, and there's a couple of, I mean, for, for Brooke, like I said, I, I said this in, in the video where we're talking about best bets for, for the bucks to win. I like him to always be in there when it's he and Jared Allen going at each other. It's been that way, honestly, since Jared Allen was on the nets and you see Brooke Lopez's minutes, not necessarily spike cause he's, he, he gets 30 minutes against other teams, but they, they hold right at about the 30 minutes. He doesn't really come out and play the 22, 25 minutes that sometimes they like to keep him to when they don't really need him because he's not very young anymore. Brooks Lopez has been around forever. Um, then when with Giannis, it's, I mean, everything that, that you kind of talked about, you like him to be the top scorer in this game, which uh, gets you about even money uh, or 30 points with the money line for the Bucks. Same concept here. I, I like that too, but the 30 points for Giannis is like, that's his floor dog against this team. Like that's where we're at here. Uh, like I said, especially on offense, Brooke does play a little bit more down low uh, and he, 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 he pulls Jared Allen away for sure, but he's also just, it's he and Jared Allen wrestling and Jared Allen doesn't have the time to play off of Brooke, Brooke Lopez or the, the ability really to play off, 
play off of him and try to help out as much with Giannis. Uh, and that's why Giannis definitely does not, he doesn't see the same sort of four wall, right? Four man wall defense from this team that he might see from other teams that have a bit more depth at the, in the front court, which this team is just sorely lacking without Evan Mobley. So that's why I feel good about him. And then with Donovan Mitchell, like it, last game was a bad game for him. It was a bad shooting game. The Bucks did a good job coming out uh, and, and defending him. I still think he's the only guy that really gets his in this one. Um, and it's going to take three point shooting. And that's why I think it's like, okay, I like the fact that he did not have a good shooting game last time. And I can come back and go, all right, well, he's going to regress back to the mean one game later against the same squad in the same place. Like, I, I, if you look at the, the last uh, 10 games for him as well, he's failed to go over 25 uh, three times. And in the next game, he went over uh, easily 26, 26, 45, 30, right? So he's going over in these games after he's not getting 25. So I'll keep that pattern going with him. Yeah, and the last time he was at Boston, at Boston, he had 31 in the second game out, right? I mean, he kills kills Boston. He does very well against Milwaukee too. Um, that, that would be the one thing to make you nervous about Giannis' top scorer. But Giannis to get 30, with the new coach bump, yeah, uh, completely on board with that. Brooke Lopez as well. Like, his, he's being used much differently, much more like they, they're comfortable using him in the old scheme, um, it, you know, under under the interim coach here. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm on board with all that. Uh, makes sense to me. Moving to Memphis and Orlando should be a pretty choppy game. That's why I want to get the rebounds in here for Vince Williams Jr. It's a 212 total, and you can go over 20 and a half points rebounds for Vince at very good odds. Um, you know, I don't think the books have really caught up yet. I mean, it was juice like minus 120 for the same prop in other matchups. And I think it, you know, the, the odds are better because the perception is that Orlando's tough to score on. Yes. They're very good defense, but they're, they're also a bad offense on the road. And the total tells it all the ninth worst field goal shooting on the road equals the ninth most rebounds for opponents. Um, the last eight, they have the third worst offensive rating in the league and they're 16th in rebounding rate. They're not doing particularly well on on the other either end boarding up. Vince, you know, he has a nearly a 20% defensive rebounding rate and you know, he's playing alongside Jaron Jackson, who is not a rebounder as we as we know. Uh so that that pretty much gives you a good feeling, you know, 12.7 rebound chances per game in his last 6 and only deferred on 1.2 of those. Uh you know, he just got the contract. He just got locked into a huge minutes spike. Because Bain, Smart, Derrick Rose, even maybe Santi Aldama still out here, uh, among other guys for the Grizz. And in these six, you know, getting 34 minutes, he's getting 18 points, seven rebounds, four assists. He is a zero plus minus on a bad team, which is, uh, you know, always a, a feather in your cap if you can at least hold the fort. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to keep riding this train with Vince. Yeah, the only the only time I it didn't work out was once since... Uh, all these guys went down and Jaron Jackson Jr. took 24 field goals in that game that Vince Williams failed to get his against Minnesota. Um, but this is, yeah, this is another good spot. Like, like shooting guards haven't always been successful against the, uh, the, the magic this season. Vince Williams ain't your typical shooting guard, right? When he goes to the rim right now, it's pretty impressive to watch. Like he, he's a small forward as far as the, the, the body type and the way that he go, he attacks the, the rim. It's like, it's really, really impressive. You love to watch those lefties who just know how to use the glass on that side of the, the board. And like, he, he gets all the way to the rim, man. Like he bullies you there. So I, he's not your typical dude who you like, Oh, well he's going to get, get shut down around the perimeter. It's like, he doesn't care. He can shoot that thing for sure. But like, he's down to go inside, uh, turning into one of my favorite players for sure. Really quickly. Cause I love the, his tenacity, but uh, let me go into uh, my first, my, my last one here rather, which is the same game. We'll stick around Memphis. 
where I was talking about how I really want to take Memphis, but like they were a better spot against the Heat, honestly, than they are in this game at home where they're not as good at, as home dogs, like three and nine against the spread this season in those situations. So uh, more importantly, though, for Jaron Jackson Jr., he's a tough matchup. So I'm going to go under for him. Points and rebounds. Um, I got 32 and a half on points bet. So it's a little bit better because it's mostly uh, 31 and a half, and I still get minus 110 uh, if, you, if you have the ability to use PB there. Um, but for, for Triple J, like, I mean, it's it's a good time to target going under against a, a power forward when you're talking about the magic, especially power forward that really only shoots threes and only shoots uh, or or goes all the way to the rim. And uh, since getting Franz back, especially and having and more probably more importantly, Wendell Carter Jr. back, this team is right back to having a top five paint defense to having a top mm-hmm. five defensive field goal percentage inside of five feet. Um, and that's where Jaron Jackson Jr. shooting. It's either inside of five feet. If you look at his, his spray chart, there's just a big sea of nothing in between like five feet around the basket and all the way out around the perimeter, right? That's where he's shooting is just out there and all inside. And that's where that's literally where uh, my, uh, Miami Orlando is best um, at, at defending with the, the fact that Wendell Carter Jr. is down there. Even Goga Bataze is your backup who's not moving very far away from the basket, even if he's on defense, which helps you when, when Triple J is coming in. So um, that's why they're number two limiting points per game to power forwards, ninth in limiting rebounds, fourth in limiting assists, and third in limiting uh, three-pointers to, to that position as well. So even when you get a guy like Tri- Triple J who can pull his defender away from the basket, I mean, his defender is, is going to be a versatile dude who's 6'10", just like he is. So it's, it's not going to be a good matchup for him, like with, with all those guys we just mentioned. Even, even uh, Wendell Carter Jr. taking on that, that, cha- that, um, that matchup is a good matchup. He's a very versatile, good shot-blocking defender. So with all these guys playing in back, that's like I said, they're back to that. Um, and, and it's really not like Triple J has had some good rebounding games against this team. Um, but now that without Ja, it's actually, I've been talking about this with his rebounds. Like he's pulled away from the basket everywhere that he's playing. He's not quite the same, just like stay down low. He has to do a little bit of everything. Uh, his rebounds have not been the same, especially because where he's playing on offense is a little bit more as like the point guard. So the offensive boards haven't quite been there quite as much for him. So I think the, co- the combo of the two to go under 32 and a half is a good play here. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't go against the magic here because they have been off since Monday and um, it was kind of a scheduled loss for them on Monday, right? They gave up 126 to Cleveland on the back-to-back with Franz coming back his first game. They completely shut down Miami though, like held them to 87. I I think you could look at a Grizzlies under team total here, even at home. I mean, they, they don't score much, but yeah, I love, I love getting triple J with the under on rebounds. Is there a worse rebounder who's six ten or taller? Like, He's just he's just absolutely allergic to mixing it up down there and getting these boards as part of the reason Memphis struggles so much because they don't have Steven Adams to bail him out. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, he might get 26 points, but like five rebounds seems right to me. Yeah. Give me a minute and I'll think of a worse one around his size, but it's going to take a second. So that definitely adds to your point there, you know, but that is all the time we have for you guys to play a prop. So continue to follow along. Check out the best bets that we have as well for you. And until we see you next, happy betting. Stop, stop, stop.